This is the Build Your Path podcast, where we explore how people get into their careers in the built environment. Today's guest is Jeff Jerome. Jeff is a senior product manager at Baltimore Gas and Electric Company and has nearly 10 years experience in the industry. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Shapiro and Duncan. Build the lifestyle you deserve. Welcome on into the Build Your Path podcast, hosted by myself, Matthew Pine. I am with my guest today. Jeff Jerome. I work for Baltimore Gas and Electric Company. And one of the most interesting things I've ever done was created the world's most intelligent home. Jeff, we're, uh, we're pleased to have you on the show. I appreciate you taking out some time. Sure, no problem. So if you could, uh, you know, give us a little bit of your background for our listeners. Uh, you know, we know that you are in engineering and we want to know how you actually became an engineer. Well, when I was in high school, I was thinking about what I wanted to do for a living, just like everybody else. And one day my mother was playing an old style record player with vinyl records and I was looking at it and I was going, what makes this thing work? It's electricity. How can electricity make a record turn, make sound? And then I looked over at the television and said it can make pictures. It can do practically anything. And I became fascinated with the fact that electricity was a ubiquitous force in our world and decided to become an electrical engineer. So how did you get here? You know, what, what pathway did you follow uh, to get where you wanted to be, maybe in your schooling or in your early life? Well, once I decided I wanted to be an engineer, and I also looked at medicine as an alternative and really gave it a lot of consideration. And, and we could talk about why one versus the other. Um, considering both of them, believe it or not, I found engineering was the most creative process. Uh, as a doctor, you really have to follow protocols and, and do whatever the medical profession says is, is prudent to do in a given situation and follow rules to do diagnoses. With engineering, really the world's open to you. You can create something completely new. You can solve problems in completely new ways. And I found that the more fascinating of the two. Uh, the only thing in preparing was that everybody said, oh, you're going to be an engineer. You're going to have to do some heavy duty math. And it was a little bit scary. The truth is the math wasn't really that big a deal and it was overplayed. And I felt that that was probably the least important part of it, but people did use it to scare me. So I did the traditional route, applied to colleges, went on the college tour and looked at a lot of good engineering schools in the Northeast, including uh, Drexel, Northeastern University, and some others, went and looked at the labs and everything and just um, went to a regular engineering school. Would you call yourself a, a good student coming up in high school and through college? I'd say I was a good student. I wasn't a great student. Right. I, I got mostly Bs. I probably got out of high school with a 3.3 or a 3.4, and I did a little better in college, but um, I, I enjoyed concepts. I enjoyed really understanding the material. I enjoyed the material 
I tried to get good grades. Um, I was not a hundred percent student in any sense of the word, but good enough. And, and maybe that's the point. You just have to be good enough. You don't have to be perfect. Do you have any mentors to really help you through um, schooling or when you were starting out in your career? Well, I, I, I would say in high school, there were a couple of teachers that I looked up to. And strangely enough, these were the most difficult teachers and the, one who, the ones who made my life the most difficult and the hardest. They were the, the hard graders, the ones who said no matter what you did, it wasn't good enough the ones who found flaws, the ones who you really wanted to hate. But in the end, you realize they were there to help you and to push you as far as you could be pushed. And they were accomplishing something. The ones that were easy, the ones that just said, great job and, and sent you on your way, really weren't helping to propel you to the next level. So somehow at an early age, I got that they were on my side and doing it for my benefit. And, and, those were the people that I went to if I had a problem or I needed advice or wondered how to get a better grade. Okay. So with any of these mentors, you know, you know, you mentioned how uh, some of them pushed you to be, to be the be best version of yourself. Do you remember, remember any specific advice that anyone gave you? Well, actually I do. Um, and this was after I was out of school. This is uh, at work. I once had lunch with the president of the company I was working for at the time, and she said to me, Jeff, do you know how I went from being a school teacher to being president of the company? And I said, no, I have no idea. It was really quite impressive. And she said, well, she said, whenever I got in a position, I looked around me and I looked for opportunities, opportunities to get my boss promoted opportunities for me to move up, opportunities to move into a different area. But she said, I concentrated on looking around in the company to see where there were going to be opportunities and to anticipate based on where the company was going, what types of things would be available in the future. And so through that, I moved up very quickly in the organization. I thought that was very good advice. But what is the coolest or most unique thing that you've done either in your position with BGE or elsewhere? Well, I've been lucky because I've had the opportunity to do a lot of very interesting things and unique things. But probably the most unique was um, establishing something called the Future Home Institute. Uh, this was many years ago. We built what was probably the first really automated home. It was designed to enable people with disabilities to be able to live uh, a normal, almost normal life. Uh, to support people who, for example, had movement disabilities. The person who lived in this house was a person with quadriplegia, and the design goal was to allow him to live there independently for at least eight hours a day so that his caregivers could go to work and hold the job. The house was completely voice controlled, everything from the fireplace to the water faucets. It had sensors that would turn on the lights automatically just for his wheelchair as he went from room to room. His wheelchair had built-in radio transmitters. When he would leave the building, they would lock the doors and turn on the alarm system. But when he would come back, they would turn everything off and open the doors automatically for him. He could make calls out simply by saying, call so-and-so, just like you could do with your smartphone. But this was 30 years ago. 
and he had menus on his television screen that would remind him to take medication or uh, menus that could tell him to do different things during the day, uh, provide activities, other things like that. It was really advanced. And we had worldwide coverage and it really was the beginning of the smart home revolution, even before we had Wi-Fi. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it that referred to as the Internet of Things when you have um, certain devices in your house that you can control? Um, I guess through Wi-Fi is what, what it's done now. Is that true? Well, these days it is referred to the Internet of Things, and these days everything is hooked up by Wi-Fi. Back in those days, everything was hardwired together, and it was a totally new concept. So we had pretty much all of the functionality that you can get with the Internet of Things, but just by wiring things together. And it was really the precursor for all the things that exist today. So, Jeff, what would you say brings you joy to your work and what gets you up in the morning every day? I think the thing that really um, gives me joy and, and, and the thing I like the most is the ability to solve problems and just not in the theoretical sense. The fact that as an engineer, we've been able to bring a lot of great practical solutions to various problems that, that actually work. For example, my job now at Baltimore Gas and Electric, I work in energy efficiency and we're trying to solve the problem of using less energy to be able to help the environmental situation. In the 10 years that the programs have been running, we've saved enough for two large generating stations and enough to make up for about half a million cars worth of uh, carbon output every single year. We've saved enough electricity to power approximately half of Baltimore City. So it's been significant. And by applying these engineering solutions to things like we talked about earlier, technology for people with disabilities, helping the environment, helping people learn better, um, a whole myriad of problems. Um, you're actually helping the world, repairing the world, having fun doing it, and getting to be creative at the same time. It's a rewarding aspect of your, your work, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, would you say you're passionate working with young people? Oh, absolutely. For, for a lot of reasons. I mean, everybody says it's because young people are the future. But actually, for me, we have information that is very valuable for young people. My son, for example, went into the workplace and without a little bit of coaching, he wouldn't have been able to get a job. He wouldn't have been able to, to do as well in his position because the work world is very different from the academic world. And so to have a mentor or, or someone who can advise you who's, who's been out in the work world and knows what they're looking for, um, knows what kinds of skill sets you need, which are different from what you learned in school, and, and seeing young people with their whole career ahead of them, I think is just really rewarding. The younger students that may be listening, um, you know, planning their coursework, and they're interested in engineering. Could you explain what Project Lead the Way is? Sure. Project Lead the Way is um, almost mini engineering school while you're in high school. It's a series of classes that exposes you to not entirely the world of engineering, but the world of problem solving mm -hmm. and teaches you all the techniques you do, you need to go out and solve problems in a realistic way that's a meaningful contribution to society. So it isn't necessarily all the hard engineering 
calculations that you think of, but it's a way of approaching the world and approaching problems that actually yields results and has output. Um, the plain academic courses, usually your output's taking a test and passing a test. With Project Lead, the way you do real world projects, you get graded by professionals and you see all your ideas come to fruition and it's an invaluable experience. So in the same vein, like if a young person came up to you uh, today and asks, you know, what do you do uh, and how can they do the same job? What would you tell them? I said, well, basically what I do is solve problems. And if they wanted to go into that field and it's not just regular engineering, it's, it's also computer engineering, software design, uh, project management, uh, construction management. There's a lot of ways that you can use your skills to, to solve problems and create new things in the world. Um, I think the best advice is to look five years ahead, look at where you would want to be when you're 25 years old or 23 years old, when you're starting your career, would you like to be working in the construction industry, designing and building buildings? Would you like to be in the uh, electronics industry, the software industry? Would you like to be working for a company like Amazon or, um, you know, working for a defense contractor, whatever it is, you need to think about what you'd like to be doing. And it's not just what you'd like to be doing, it's what you're good at. If you're gonna succeed in the world, it's important to be able to bring something that other people can't necessarily bring. So if you're very talented in a certain area, it would be good to be able to apply those talents. Your career is gonna go easier and you're gonna just have more success. So you wanna think about where your niche in the world's gonna be. Then you wanna select how to get there. And generally that's through some kind of an educational process it may be a traditional engineering school, it may be uh, a construction management program, it may be um, a, a regular construction program where you're learning about carpentry or HVAC or something like that, but you need to pick some sort of educational path to get there. And then while you're in school, you need to be able to fulfill all the requirements to get into that program. So. If it's an engineering college, you may have to take calculus in high school or at least it's some algebra and advanced math. You have to be sure you meet those requirements. You may have to take physics. If it's going to be a construction management class, you may just need computer skills. But you have to think ahead and fairly far ahead and be sure that you can get everything lined up that you need. Who would you say are the, the more rewarding aspects in terms of lifestyle? Uh, that BG&E uh, affords you? Well, BG&E and, and like many large corporations, uh, BGE wants people to have a balanced life. Mm -hmm. And so working for a company like that, or it could be an Amazon or many other large companies, um, aside from all the benefits of vacation time and, and things like that, they offer education in-house for everyone and it's everything from negotiating skills to to having difficult conversations to management styles to um pretty much anything you can think of eq they offer all these chances to continue to enhance and continue to learn working with other people who are professionals is always rewarding and you learn from them um, you get a chance to again create something that that affects a lot of people in a positive way. 
And these days, most companies are good corporate citizens and they really provide training and diversity and inclusion um, in, in interesting things. They brought in a guest speaker who told us how China was working and what China's plan was for the 21st century. Uh, they brought in a Marine who uh, dresses like a, a female to give us his perspective on, on what it's like to, uh, to be a cross-dresser. Uh, they bring in all kinds of interesting people and interesting perspectives. And so it's really a very rewarding experience overall. You know, if a young person came up to you today and asked, you know, why should I enter the built environment? It doesn't necessarily have to be engineering, but just the entire industry. What would you tell them? Well, I tell them, first of all, look around you and everything you see, every building you see, the interiors of the buildings, they've all had people who've worked very hard to design and construct these things. It doesn't happen by itself. We live in a world of structure. Civilization is basically defined by the structures we build to a large extent. And it's something that's a secure area because we're going to keep building things no matter what happens or renovating or whatever. There's a real feeling of accomplishment when you look at a structure that you've had a large part in creating. And I think it's a very rewarding profession. Excellent. Well, uh, Jeff, we certainly appreciate your time and I think it's been very valuable. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. If you want to learn more about Build Your Path podcast or the built environment overall, go ahead and visit buildyourpath.org. Another big thank you to our guest, Jeff Jerome, Baltimore Gas and Electric. Once again, this episode was brought to you by Shapiro and Duncan. Build the lifestyle you deserve. Build Your Path podcasts are produced by the Maryland Center for Construction, Education, and Innovation. I'm Matt Pine. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.